Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. We are glad that you're tuning in with us today. Today's episode is a message from Pastor Dennis on May 3rd entitled Living Stone. We pray that this message is a blessing to all of you that are listening today. Amen. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Pastor Caleb and praise team. I trust that uh, you were able to worship this morning as you are watching uh, those here in attendance. Clearly, you were able to worship because you led us, and so we're excited to continue, uh, continue worshiping this morning as we turn to the Word. And so we have not been back inside Peter's letter for a while, but today we are back. And so we're going to get back to 1 Peter. Again, that's 1 Peter. We're going to be at chapter 2. Uh, verses 4 through 8 this morning. We're going to take a look at f- first at what, or better put, who God is building upon. Because in this passage, we're going to see that God truly is building something. He's building something with each and every one of us. But first, we're going to look at who He is building on. Now, as you turn there, I just want to ask you a question, and I, I'm hoping that you can hear me okay, uh, because it's a little awkward to ask a question when there's no one in the room, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, um, some of you have the skills and the ability to build incredible things. I've seen some Facebook posts, I've seen some different things of, of work that different folks have done, and, and uh, all I can say is you guys, some of you guys have incredible talent, and I don't. Uh, So I like looking at the pictures. Uh, I'm not very good at building those things. But the question I wanted to ask is how many of you, when you go in to one of these stores or one of these places to gather supplies, uh, materials, supplies, how many of you purposely choose items from the discard piles for your projects? Uh, If you were here, I think I'd see some of you looking around thinking, no one. Uh, when you go to Lowe's or Home Depot or even some of the lumber yards, depending on where you might be watching from, uh, have you seen the, and I'm hoping that you have seen, some of the piles of the, warp, the warped, the splintered, uh, sometimes slightly rotten boards? Uh, I want to ask, who uses those, right? Uh, if you're trying to build something that's going to last, you're typically not going to use uh, those kind of materials. In, in, in fact, you're going to use the best materials you can come up with. Uh, now, I bring all of this up because, again, to, to beg the question, who would use those supplies? The, the, uh, the ultimate answer is basically almost no one. Uh, if you're making something that's going to last, once again, you are going to want to use some of the best materials that you can get. Um, so I want to look at this passage and see what God does. Now, again, we're going to be in First Peter 2, Uh, Verses 4 through 8, we'll come back to this idea of of materials. Verse 4 says, As you come to him, a living stone, uh, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in, in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Verse 7, 
So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Look at that last statement in verse 8. They stumble and disobey the Lord as they were destined to do. Now some of your, some of your translations may say that a little bit differently, um, but we're going to... Don't let that last phrase worry you. We're going to deal with that in just a few minutes. But I want to ask, did you catch that? It's right there in verse 5. You yourselves, he goes on, are being built up as a spiritual house. Don't miss this. God is using you and me to build something. We're going to break down this passage over the next few moments, but as we do that, we're going to see two essential things. First, we're going to see... That God is working to build you into something. Again, God is working to build you into something. Secondly, we're going to see that God is working to build you for something. So, first point, God is working to build you into something. Second point, God is working to build you for something. Now, before we break down this passage, I do want to go to the Lord in prayer. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for allowing us to be here. I thank you for giving us the opportunity to, um, to gather, whether it's in spirit, whether it's virtually, or the few that are in person. Father, we know that where we are, you are there with us. And, and Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your blessings upon us. We, we recognize there's a lot that we could complain about, but realistically, we have what we need. We have you. And so, Father, we know that uh, right now, there are many that are struggling, and we, we do pray for them. Uh, we pray for those that are sick. We pray for those that are tending to the sick. Uh, we pray for those that are working in the grocery stores and, and the different essential businesses to continually stock and then provide um, items for us to go and purchase. And so, Father, I pray that you would just be with each and every person right now. Uh, help us to continue to stand strong, help us to continue to move forward, and help us to, as Christians, uh, Father, those of us who trust in you as our Savior, as our, as our God and our, our righteous and holy King, Father, help us to represent you well. Uh, there's a lot of discussions going around on Facebook. There's a lot of discussions going around just in person. Father, help us to remember that you are doing something in us, and we need to represent the Builder well. We need to represent who you are. We need to represent what you intend uh, well. So help us to do that. Obviously, we can't do it on our own strength. So Father, I'm asking that you would give us supernatural peace, comfort, wisdom. Um, just lavish upon us grace, Father. I do pray that as we get into your word this morning, Lord, that it would be your words that are spoken here, that it would be your message, that you would come through uh, loud and clear. And Father, that we would take from this things that we can apply to our hearts and our lives, that we could be more like you. So Lord, I, I pray that you forgive us in the many ways that we have failed you, that you would lead us to be more like your son. And because of your word, because of your scripture and your promise, we can thank you in advance of what you're going to do to help us to be like Christ. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to drop back to verse 4, uh, and we're going to look at a couple phrases as we look through and work through this first point, God is working to build you into something. 
And so we know from Scripture that God is always working, that He has a plan, and He is going to work through all things. In verse 4, He says, As you come to Him. Now this phrase, come to Him, it's important. Uh, Verses 1 through 3 explain, uh, Peter explains as he talks of us coming as newborn babies longing for spiritual milk. And so earlier in this passage, he says, you know, you, you come to him longing for the spiritual milk. We've talked about that a few weeks ago. Um, here, he says, as you've come to him, as you're longing for the spiritual milk, now get into verse 4, uh, this concept of coming to him is continued. Uh, now, it's, it's continued, the, the thought process there, but the metaphor is about to change completely. Uh, The metaphor is going to change. The words come to him certainly include the idea of repentance and faith. Um, But the specific verb here um, that's used, it it implies the repetitious act of drawing near. And so the idea of coming to him, as you come to him, and notice it, it refers back to him. We'll get into this in just a second as a living stone who was rejected. Uh, But it says, as you come to him, you yourselves like living stones. So I skipped that part. As you yourselves are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house. So as you come to him, God is not passive. Okay, And that's very important for us to understand, especially at a time like this, that you can and you should repeatedly, daily, multiple times per day, return back to him. Go to Him. Um, Take your petitions and your requests and make them known to Him. Not that He needs to hear them because He knows you, but because He wants to hear them. Because you have the opportunity to bring those things to Him. So as you come to Him, Scripture is telling us, one, it's expected that you do it repeatedly. It's it's expected that you do it um, as a repetition. Uh, Not so that it becomes so routine that it loses its meaning. Uh, but that you're coming to him for a purpose. Um, Just a few verses ago, as we just mentioned, you were coming to him for spiritual milk. You're coming to him for nourishment. You're coming coming to him for growth. And this is the interesting thing here. You go to him because you need the growth. You need the sustenance. You need the strength. Uh, But he has a purpose in you coming to him as well. He's not just going to grow you. He's going to use you to build something. We'll get into that in just a few minutes, but I do want to point out, um, just by the way, repeated returning, repeatedly returning to him daily even, really is some of the fruit or evidence of authentic faith. Um, And I, I want you to think about that. How often do you return to him? How often do you go to him in prayer? How often do you seek out his counsel through reading his word? How often do you speak of him with others? How often do you return to him? It's important that you do so. So I would encourage you today, as you recognize that you're coming to him and God is building something through you, uh, yes, he's building something through you, but you receive something in returning to him. You receive that milk, that, that sustenance, the, the nourishment that comes from him. So I want to encourage you today, it may seem difficult to return to him and, and receive all this knowledge and all this growth when you can't come to church and you can't gather in groups. 
but through posting these videos online, Sunday school classes through Zoom, uh, Right Now Media is free and available to you. So if you're watching this and you have no idea what Right Now Media is, after the service is over, check out the website and go to the tab for, uh, for Right Now Media. There are, there are options available. And they're all socially distanced options right now. And so it kind of works out nicely. But I I encourage you, do not let COVID-19 and the response to it be the reason you're not returning back to the Lord. Uh, Come to Him daily. Now, as you come to Him, it it takes just a moment, Peter does, to explain just who you're coming to. You're coming to him. Who? Jesus. Now, who is Jesus? Jesus is that living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God is chosen and precious. Now, throughout this passage, Peter is going to use the word for stone several times. Uh, Now, the name Peter, uh, Petros, is actually, it means rock, but the word being used here for rock or stone is a different word, and it's it's uh, not a raw or uncut uh, stone, but rather it's chiseled, it's shaped. It's a stone used for building. So think, think this thought, a stone prepared for laying or building with. This is who he's talking about, Jesus. This stone that was prepared, uh, and he's the living stone that was set apart, that was sent for a reason, and then rejected and despised by men. You know, it's interesting, this stone was prepared. Jesus did not luck into this role. Jesus didn't accidentally find his way to the cross. Every part of what he went through and every part of what he did was, was determined and planned by God himself. Yes, he was rejected by men, but he was chosen and is, pre- and is precious in the sight of God. Now, Jesus also referred to the rejected stone earlier in the, the Gospel of Matthew uh, as he quoted Psalm 118, which Peter actually also quotes. But he quoted Psalm 118 as he was explaining the parable of the tenants. And we don't have time to get into that, but I encourage you to read through that in Matthew, um, the parable of the tenants. But Jesus referred to himself as being the living stone. And so you have to understand the original audience here, Peter is not sharing anything that's, that's um, completely new to them. They've heard about Jesus being the living stone, but now he's saying you yourselves like living stones. So let's break down, or let's, let's move down to verse 5. He says in verse 5, as he gets done talking about Jesus being rejected, but yet he's in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, verse 5, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now that's a long verse. There's a lot going on in that verse. The first part of that verse, however, continues this idea of God building us into something. You yourselves like living stones. Remember, the same word used to describe Jesus is now being used to describe us, believers. Uh, We have been chiseled down. Uh, At different times, we've been beaten. We've been scraped. We've been shaped. But it wasn't for nothing. Uh, I think one thing we have to remind ourselves of 
as we daily return to him, we also have to keep this concept in our minds, especially right now as we feel uh, almost oppressed by a virus, uh, something we can't see, something we can't, uh, I mean, you can see it with the right equipment, I guess, but uh, you and I, it's not like we walk around and we can see like, oh, there's COVID and we just walk around the plume. Uh, that's not how it works. And so it's something that we don't exactly see. It's something we don't exactly recognize, but we hear about it. We hear an awful lot about it. And we feel like, man, we can't go to the places we want to go. We can't hang out with the people we want to hang out with. We can't do the things we want to do. And we feel like this is difficult. This is hard. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's not, it's not been easy. I think of different folks that needed uh, surgeries. They were not life-threatening surgeries or, or medically necessary, I guess you could say, but they were uh, necessary to the ones who needed them, uh, the ones who were looking for them. Um, you know, I think of people who were set up to have surgery and then the response to COVID canceled those things and now they're just waiting and in pain and they're struggling. And I want you to know the pain that you're going through, the struggles that you're facing right now, they are not going to be wasted by God. God is going to use this. Why? Because he promised that he would. He promised that he is going to use all of these things. For those that love him and are called according to his purpose, I want to keep returning to that idea over the next several weeks. And as we continue longer into this response to to this virus, we need to remind ourselves that for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, he is going to work all things together for their good. Now, again, that's hard to see. Uh, a lot of times, if you are beginning to chisel on a rock, if you've ever done any type of carvings or if you've done any sculpting, um, it may take a little while before you start to see the shape forming. Uh, now, the one holding the chisel knows exactly what they're doing, or at least we hope right? Uh, we hope they know what they're doing. Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you can make a mess really quick. And that's true with a lot of things. I used to be a welder, um, and a friend of mine who I, I was working with at the time, he came to me one time, and, and I said, you know, Pedro, I, I really messed up. I had a, had a really hard time, and, and he and I worked together, and he came to me, and he brought me, uh, uh, he brought me a grinder, and he came up, and he said, listen, I know you're upset, you feel like you made a mistake. As long as you have gas, wire, and a grinder, you'll be fine. Uh, and what he meant was that you have time to work on this. You have time to keep adding to it. Uh, now, thankfully, you and I, we don't have to worry about God making a mistake and having to figure out how to add rock uh, onto what he's building. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing. He, he, we're not trusting in our ability to be built into something and that's where I want to go with this is as we are being built into something we have to recognize the the difficulties the struggles the trials the tribulations none of that is a by accident or b going to be wasted and so I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus went through what he went through because there was a plan there was a plan for that stone to be rejected and despised among men, and there was a purpose for him. He is chosen and holy and righteous and precious in the sight of God. And the very next verse comes down and says, And you yourselves, like living stones, like living stones are being built up as a spiritual 
house. So what are we being built into? He's building us into a spiritual house or a royal priesthood. Peter's clearly using Old Testament imagery here. And so we can take the idea of a spiritual house to mean a temple. Uh, God is building a spiritual temple out of living rocks. And what is this temple for? It's where God dwelt. Uh, In the Old Testament, why did they build the tabernacle? Because it was a place for the glory of God to reside. Uh, A pillar of of fire by, uh, a pillar of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. And he resided within the walls of that tabernacle. And when he moved, they moved the temple with them. And then eventually they built a temple. uh, And he took up residence there. Uh, Now, we recognize in the New Testament that this building, this church building that I'm speaking to you from this morning, this is not the church. Uh, It is a church building, Um, but each and every one of you who are watching, those of you who believe, those of you who trust in Jesus, you are the church. You are what God is using to build this spiritual house. Uh, And so God is building, again, a spiritual temple out of living rocks. And what is this temple going to be used for? Uh, That's what we want to talk about next. We want to see not only what is he building us into, but what is he building us for? So again, the first point is God is working to build you into something. We know that it's a spiritual house or a royal priesthood. Now, the next passage or the next uh, section of verses that we're going to come to uh, as we get into the next message uh, we're going to talk about that royal that royal priesthood so I'm not going to spend a a large amount of time on that this morning but uh, God is working on you he is shaping you and he's busting away and and chiseling away those rough edges because he intends to dwell with you and he intends for you to do something and so again What is God building us into? This spiritual house, this royal priesthood. Secondly, God is working to build you for something. This is very important. God is working to build us for something. So what are we being being built for? Look again at verse 5. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood. Now, here's the answer to what are we being built for? To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what are we being built for? We're we're being built to offer spiritual sacrifices. This idea of acceptable spiritual sacrifices is brought up over and over again by both the Old Testament and New Testament writers. Quickly, I just want to highlight a few of these verses. Um, Listen to these words. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Excuse me. Uh, Isaiah 56 verse 7. Listen to this from Malachi. Uh, For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations and in every place incense will be offered in my name and a pure offering for my name will be great among the nations says the Lord of hosts 
Notice the words there, a pure offering, Malachi says in Malachi 1.11. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, my brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, Romans 12.1. And then later in verse, or excuse me, chapter 15 Verses 15 and 16, Paul goes on to say, But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. The writer of Hebrews follows up with these words, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of the lips, excuse me, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So this idea of offering these pleasing sacrifices to God. I think sometimes we hear the word sacrifice and we say, whoa, that's in the New Testament. Sacrifices are over, so we're in the clear. No, there's a different kind of sacrifice. We're to offer our bodies. We're to offer our lives to Him. So what are these spiritual sacrifices? It is a New Testament and an Old Testament concept to offer things back to God based on the context of what Peter has been talking about I I want to go back to verses 1 and 3 as we contrast a few of the things that he was talking about. At the very beginning of verse 1, Peter says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And then he explains, like newborn babies, long for the spiritual milk that by it you might grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Notice he, he highlights a few things. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. And he, he gives us these five things and he says, avoid those things. Put those things away. You're being built into something important. You're being built into the spiritual house, this royal priesthood. And, and Peter is basically saying to them, I, I need you to understand there are certain actions that cannot define who you are any longer. You have to put these things away. Um, So what spiritual sacrifices can we offer? Well, instead of malice, we can turn to love. Instead of having malice toward one another or acting in malice or with malice, I should say, uh, we can love one another. Uh, We can seek out to put another person's needs above our own. If we're going to serve God well and serve in an acceptable and holy way, we've got to love others. And so to contrast, we have malice defining those who are not of God and love defining those who are. You are a spiritual stone. You are a living stone set apart for a purpose. Therefore, deceit can no longer be part of your way of life. Instead, let's live with honesty. Uh, Instead of trying to deceive one another and trying to uh, scheme and scam, have honesty. Honesty is acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. Hypocrisy. Um, One of the biggest reasons why people tell us they don't come to church, and it's not Mililani, it's just church in general. Uh, They say, I can't go to church anymore, it's because of the hypocrites. 
Um, I've heard somebody once say, it's like, that's funny because that's why I go. Um, it's, those are the people that God is reaching. Those are the people that God is drawing to himself. Um, now, we can see that hypocrisy needs to leave. What needs to uh, replace it? What, what do we need to replace hypocrisy with? I would say consistency, uh, authenticity. Uh, we need to be real, uh, especially right now. Um, if, if you're doing very, very well and everything is going great, then I applaud you and I encourage you to continue to be an example for others. But don't fake it. Um, and, and hear me out on this. I, I'm saying don't, don't pretend to be something you're not. Um, this is hard. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to go through difficult times. Uh, God is using those to help you to be like him. Don't fake it. Be honest. Be real. Uh, what people are looking for now is they want something that has authenticity. One of the greatest blessings of being a Christian is that we have a God, the only God, but we have a God who intends to use us despite our weaknesses, despite our, struggle, our struggles, despite our pain. And the things that lead us to withdraw from him are the very things that he encourages us to work through. Why? Because he's given us the comforter. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Hypocrisy does not need to define us. We need to be known as consistent followers of Jesus or authentic followers of Jesus. Next, envy. And this list of things that we should be putting away or putting to death, envy is one of these things. Uh, we, we cannot be envious of our brothers and sisters. Uh, a simple example is if you show up at Walmart and uh, your neighbor picks up the last roll of toilet paper to go purchase it, don't envy them. Uh, don't be upset. Uh, as a Christian, we ought to be joyful uh, for the blessings that others receive. That's difficult. And, and recognize this. I, I, what I'm telling you, there are things that cannot define you any longer. Uh, all throughout First Peter, he's talking about changing our identity and, and lining our identity up with Christ. Here he's saying, these are the things that identified you before. Put them away. Here are things that need to identify you now. Um, seek out to live this way. It's hard. It's difficult. We're going to get into that in just a second. These things are very hard to do. I recognize that having joy for people is truly difficult. One of my biggest struggles uh, is, uh, and, and I'm working through this in my own heart, but I'm just going to be transparent for a second. Uh, it's not that I'm ever bitter or I'm, I'm angry when I hear news about someone, um, but it's that I have a hard time with joy being my first response. Um, and that's not okay. I, I need to be careful with this. Um, but many of you know Rachel and I have uh, tried for a very long time before we had Declan. Uh, we've, we have uh, several babies that are waiting for us one day, and when we get to heaven, we will get to see them and get to know them, and we, we cannot wait for that day. Uh, but I really struggle, especially when I see on the news of babies that pass away because of um, the situations that they were born into. Uh, joy is not always my first response when I hear, you know, oh, so, so-and-so is pregnant. Now, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm getting a lot better uh, with that and through prayer and, and uh, working through some things. But if I could be completely candid and, and truly 
transparent with you this morning. Uh, I, I want you to know I'm not standing in this pulpit telling you, oh, I've got it all figured out, so just listen to me. No, but I know the one who does, and he, he wrote this book. He inspired men to write, and he's telling us how to live, and, and I'm, I'm trying to follow him. Uh, even I struggle at times uh, with joy, but it's something that needs to mark our lives. We have to be joyful people. And then next, we have slander. Uh, we need to put away slander, so what do we replace that with? Uh, edifying talk, encouragement. Um, now edifying, is, edifying talk is talk that builds up. Uh, notice, uh, slander is aimed at tearing down, so you replace that with something that builds up, and we continue this theme of building. So God is working on building us into this spiritual house, this royal priesthood, uh, but he's also building us for these spiritual sacrifices, uh, these, these holy and acceptable and pleasing sacrifices to him. And what do we do with one of those things? One of those actions that we are to take is to recognize that God is building us and then go and build others, encourage others. Uh, I, can, I can encourage you this morning without knowing who you are on the other side of that camera uh, or where you are, I can guarantee there are people around you that need encouragement right now. Uh, your neighbors, your friends, maybe coworkers, maybe fellow furloughed coworkers, um, but there are people who need encouragement. We as believers need to set the tone for this response. We don't need to be out there bickering and fighting and, and calling, whether it's politicians or those who follow them, names. What we need to do is be out there and encouraging others. I'm not saying we condone sin, so don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying we don't deal with sin and that we don't talk about it and we don't correct and reprove and teach and train. All of that is also very important. But here, instead of slandering, we're to put that away and replace that with building one another up. Now, don't miss this, though. Our spiritual sacrifices are acceptable to God, not because we did them, but because they are done through Jesus. Our works are not good enough. My best efforts just, just simply aren't enough. Why? Because I am a sinful man and God requires absolute perfection. Uh, I don't know about you. I feel like I can say this with absolute certainty though. None of us are good enough on our own. Um, if, you, if you say, actually, I've achieved perfection. Um, okay, deceit is one of those things we're to get rid of. Um, none of us are perfect. None of us have arrived. Uh, we are still being built. Uh, God is still working in us and he's working through us. But our sacrifices are not acceptable to God because we're so awesome. They're acceptable to God because of who our works are resting on. Notice Jesus is that cornerstone. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Jesus is that cornerstone. I, I want to highlight these next few verses, and then I'm going to come back to this point. Uh, he says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. So up to this point, this is good news. Okay, there is going to be a stone placed in Zion, a cornerstone chosen and precious. On this 
cornerstone, God is building this spiritual house. What is the cornerstone for? Well, in, in the ancient, uh, the ancient uh, Israel, they, they understood that when they would build these massive buildings, they would take a very large cornerstone that the rest of the foundation could lean on. The rest of the foundation could, could find its, its foundation. Uh, and so we're being told here, for us, Christ is that cornerstone. He was chosen. He has been declared precious in the sight of God despite what men say about him. In Zion, he has placed this cornerstone. We now have the opportunity to lean into him and to trust into him and to follow him. We have this opportunity. But notice what he continues to say. Uh, The second part of verse 7. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the the cornerstone, verse 8, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Now this is something that's hard for us to understand. Uh, this, this idea of this stone of stumbling or a rock of offense. Um, God is giving us Jesus for us to rest on, but for those who do not believe, um, that same supportive rock, so that rock that is supportive for us and that the rest of the church is built upon, for those that do not believe, now that same cornerstone becomes a rock of offense and a stone of stumbling. Uh, Another way to put it is he now becomes an unavoidable obstacle or snare to those who do not believe. Peter is quoting in verse 6, Isaiah 28, in verse 7, Psalm 118, And in verse 8, Isaiah 8. Now as he quotes these passages, we know he's pulling from the Old Testament. He's working to bring out this idea of God building this rock. But he wants to include there is something else that we need to understand about this rock. And with the few moments that I have left, we need to recognize this is very serious. Um, On one hand, we have this rock that we are being built upon that is helping us to continue as the spiritual house for these spiritual sacrifices, this royal priesthood. All of those things are great. For those who believe, he is the honor for us. But for those who don't believe, he is the stone of stumbling. He is the rock of offense. And so this is, this is hard for us to wrestle with, especially this last sentence in verse 8. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Now we hear that word, and some of us hear the word destined, and we think destiny, and then we think predestined, and now we get all nervous, okay? Um, What we have to understand is Peter is bringing out a very biblical concept here, um, that there are those who trust in Jesus, and there are those who don't. One way to understand this particular passage is for those that choose to uh, choose not to believe, those who choose to reject Jesus, he becomes a stone of stumbling or a rock of offense. He gets in their way. Um, they cannot avoid him and they stumble. And what do they stumble to? Some of your translations will say they stumble to doom. Um, they stumble as they were destined to. What does God predestine? Uh, he predestines that for those that, that love him and are called according to his purpose, that they will be like Christ. And for those who reject, they will receive their just punishment. 
and we say that, and, and I hear the words coming out of my mouth, and I recognize, man, that's offensive. Uh, and yes, it is. Um, and before you take issue, um, I just want you to know, this is a biblical concept that those who reject Jesus are going to face punishment. Uh, that's not my words. These are God's words. They're serious words. They're words that we need to wrestle with. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of this. Um, but for the sake of today, where we're going with this passage and what we're looking at, we want to understand exactly what God is doing. Excuse me, exactly what God is doing in us. Uh, for those that choose to reject Him. Um, they will receive their punishment. And now when we talk about this destiny and predestin predestination and all of this, I would encourage you, if you have questions, please talk to us, uh, send a comment and, or, a, or a message, and we can, we can have these conversations. I think some of these conversations are better off uh, when we can talk and hear each other out. Um, but one thing I do want to help you to understand is no person in the history of the world has ever wanted to get saved and didn't. Um, there is no person that has ever sought after Jesus so that they could receive salvation and he denied them. Uh, it doesn't happen. Uh, it's not the will of the Father that any should perish. Any person who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So don't let this word destined, as they were destined, or this phrase, don't let this word throw you off. I need you to understand uh, God is working and he's working out his plan. Um, and we can get into that uh, in another, another time. Uh, but I need you to understand, first and foremost, God is working to build you into something. And secondly, God is working to build you for something. Now, as we were saying, you say, well, he's working to build me for something and I'm just not good enough. My best efforts aren't enough. Why? Again, because me personally, I'm a sinful man. And God, again, requires absolute perfection but do not lose heart do not quit serving though why because this is right where you need to lean into that cornerstone um, you're not going to be able to do it on your own you need to lean into him for truth and understanding so keep pushing keep trying keep serving keep offering why because jesus is going to clean it up and he is going to make it accept, uh, acceptable. Now you might say, I'm not good enough. Or you might say, I'm worn out. Or you might say, I mess up everything I try. You might even say, I, I just can't be worth anything. After everything I've gone through, I just can't be worth anything. Now remember that discard pile that we talked about at the very beginning. And with this I'm closing. That discard pile that we look at and we think, who could possibly want all this warped, old, rotten wood? Who could possibly want these broken, twisted, half-rotting um, materials? I want you to understand very clearly, Jesus wants those things. You and I are being built as living stones to be built for something. You and I look at other people and we say, well, we look at the outward appearance and we think there's nothing good that can come from, from there. There's nothing good that can come from him or from her. Uh, they said that even about Nazareth. Well, who could possibly, nothing good comes from Nazareth. Uh, they said it about Jesus. We say it about others. But what I need you to understand is when we look at the outward appearance and we say nothing, can good, nothing good can come from there, when we look at ourselves, and we say, I couldn't possibly be used for anything. I'm too, too broken. I'm too worn out. I'm too tired. I'm jaded. I've dealt with too many frustrations and struggles. What I want you to do is look through the entire Bible. 
every single character, save Jesus, every single character that was used are tired, worn out, broken people. Who could possibly want that discard pile? Jesus wants it, and he wants all of it. And so I need you to understand that this morning. We've seen that God is building us into something and for something. Earlier, uh, when, again, when I asked who, who could want to use those subpar materials, next time you see that, that broken down pile of junk, whatever it may be, whatever you refer to as that broken down pile of junk, let it remind you Jesus sees that same pile and he knows exactly what he's going to do with it. He's going to build you into a royal priesthood. We're going to talk about that next time, Lord willing. Um, But as we talk about that, I, I want you to understand God knows exactly what he's doing with you. When he set out to start shaping and framing and building, he knew exactly what he's going to do and he knew who he was going to do it with. If you trust in Jesus today, do not be discouraged. He has a plan. If you have not trusted in Jesus, today is the day. I want you to know God can do something incredible through your life. Um, You have to turn to him and allow him to work through you. I would encourage you, if you have questions about what it means to become a believer, comment below, uh, question and and send us your your concerns. We we want to engage in those conversations. Um, But again, God is building us into something and for something and through him, We can do incredible things because Jesus is what makes it incredible. Jesus is what makes it acceptable. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this passage. I thank you for allowing us this opportunity, uh, this opportunity to uh, continue to search out your word. Uh, Father, as, as you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but as we were, we were uh, talking about these these things. Uh, as Rachel and I were talking about this, this very passage, uh, she brought up a very good point that our imperfections, our struggles, our weaknesses actually demonstrate the strength of the cornerstone. And God, you gave us that cornerstone. You showed us who that cornerstone is, and you're, you're leading us to trust you. Help us to do it well. Help us to honor you in all that we do and help us to continue offering to you spiritual sacrifices that Jesus makes acceptable. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. We're thankful that you have chosen to join with us today. Uh, For any questions or comments, either on this message or things you'd like us to address in a future message, you can email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. Uh, We want to be praying with all of our listeners, whether you're part of the Mililani Baptist Church family or not. Uh, And for any prayer requests, you can email us at prayer at mbaptist.org. And you can uh, let us know if you're part of our regular family or if you're not, just a little bit about yourself. You can let us know, do you want the whole church to be praying, just the deacons or even just the pastors? You can note that in the email. But uh, we want to be praying with all of you. And for more information on Mililani Baptist Church, you can visit our website at mbaptist.org or follow us on social media. You can search either Mililani Baptist Church or MBC Hawaii on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Well, thank you again for joining us today. We pray that this message was a blessing and that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Please join us again next time.